Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. So praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. I thank you for this evening. I thank you, Father, that we can sing a beautiful song about turning our eyes to your son, Jesus, that you sent and he took our sickness and our disease upon him. Hallelujah. And he defeated the devil. He defeated sin and he defeated sickness and disease. Father, thank you so much that we turn our eyes to Jesus, the healer. Father, it is our deep desire that anybody that's sick would be healed by the healer. And Father, not only that, that we go from this place, those watching online and those here, that we are carriers and dispensers of divine healing, that we are sent into the world with the message, salvation and healing. So Father, we thank you as we look into your word that we're built up, edified, and further instructed on how to do the mission, the kingdom of heaven's mission. In Jesus' name, amen. And just real quick, you know, I just want to remind everyone as we gather here, um, our vision here is to see people healed and not suffering. That's this Sunday night. It's the second Sunday of every month, healing. It's to see many others take healing to their sphere of influence, like I just prayed. It's our desire that you would be taught and you would take that. Hallelujah. And then to see people taught the methods and ways that God heals. And I probably, if I asked you guys here and if I could ask people in the virtual place, how did you receive healing? I'm sure people have received healing in various ways. So the methods of healing, there's like common methods that you see that Jesus did the same thing over and over again. Like one thing that Jesus did is he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. And in those particular cases where he taught and preached, most of the time he laid hands on the sick. But then there is the individual cases of healing where he spoke to people, and those things were all different. Like one time, what was unusual, and I've never done it, where he spit in dirt and made mud, put it on somebody's eyes and said, go wash. Well, that's an unusual, that's not a method of healing because, you know, you don't do that over and over again, but we can teach, preach, and lay hands on the sick. Laying hands on the sick is a method because it's a basic doctrine in the Bible. So there's like methods that we can do over and over again. And then there's things that we're led by the spirit to do. And sometimes you may only do it one time. I had a friend that punched a lady in the stomach and had a big tumor and it went down. I laid hands on a lady once with a tumor, but I didn't punch her. But the tumor still, I mean, well, I don't know if it was a tumor. The stomach was just big and it went down. Uh, and so I have another, this, well, this same friend, he seems to do things like that. He kind of operates in the gift of faith. He took an older lady by the back of the head that could not stoop over and he went boom and she screamed and came up healed. And I've, you've heard me say this before. It was the pastor's mother in the church he was in. He was a traveling minister. So he was very fortunate that that, that one turned out right. So some of the ways that God heals, and we're going to look at one way tonight, but he, there's like 
the command of faith. And um, I, I, you know, um, I, I don't have time to say all the scriptures for these, so I'm going to go over them so we can get more into what we want to do. But there's the command of faith. There's God's word is like medicine. There's like touching or the laying on of hands or handkerchiefs or even soaking. There's like gifts of the spirit. Uh, uh, there's um, calling things that be not as though they are. Then there's worship. When we worship and praise God, uh, there's very, there's testimonies in the Bible of people worshiping. And while they worship, supernatural things happen. Uh, looking to Jesus, which we just sang. The prayer of faith agreement, the anointing of oil, point of contact, like healing cloth. Then there's deliverance. There's divine and medical combinations. And we, we don't throw out the medical because there's uh, one older minister that I thought had a lot of wisdom said, doctors can find out what's wrong with you. They can even give you medicine and help you stay alive so you can get into the word and get healed. And so the, the person that we grew up under wasn't against doctors. We shouldn't be against doctors. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for people that dedicate their lives to the medical system to help people. And then just spirit-given direction, and that sometimes end up, it ends up in unusual things. Uh, one time when we were traveling ministries, we still lived in the States, and we were in Colorado. We just happened to be at Patsy, the church that Patsy's brother served as the youth pastor in, and we were doing like a three-day conference there, and the last night of the conference, we were praying in a hotel room. I just saw a little glimpse of me pointing to her brother and saying, if you run, God will heal, heal you, which is, that's unusual. That's not a common method of healing, like if you run, God will heal you, and so that day, he was not a full-time youth pastor, he was up on a roof helping a, a, roofer, a roofer, and he hurt his knee pretty bad. You know, it's like carrying heavy packets of, you know, asphalt roof tiles on your back, and he hurt his knee. And so I didn't know that, but the Holy Ghost knew it. So then we are doing the service, and I, I didn't write it down. It's, it's really good to write these things down, because like as time goes by, just a couple hours you can forget. But I, I taught the word, and then we started to have ministry after. And it came back to me. And her brother, <clears throat> he's not so timid now, but back then he just seemed more quiet and timid. I thought, it's going to be weird to point to her brother and say, if you run, God will heal you. But I did it. It was the last night of the meeting. I pointed to him, and he ran around the church. He didn't look quiet or timid. He was pretty wild. And he said, my knee's healed. Now, that was the last night of the meeting. We were all going to go up. To, we were in Colorado and ski the next day although I don't know how to ski. Like, this is her family. They grew up in Colorado, and I grew up in Ohio. But anyway, we went up, and his wife was even concerned. She, you know, Sue, she goes, Scott, don't do that. It's your knee. He skied all day. Now, I went up and fell down about 10 times in a row, and I wasn't used to the high altitude, so I, I didn't have any breath. So I went to the ski clubhouse, and I just drank hot chocolate and coffee all day and ate. I'm talking about hours. They had no mercy on me that, that I was in there for hours. They, they skied all day, but, but her, her brother's knee didn't act up the whole. He didn't fall one time. He's like an expert. He, you know those moguls? You know what moguls are? Moogles. How do you say it? Moguls. These, and that's like real tricky stuff. He was doing all that stuff. Uh, did he do advanced slopes? I fell 10 times on the beginner slope. Couldn't even do that once. Anyway, so we'll get off of that. So, praise the Lord. Um, 
here's something that John G. Lake said. He said, in those early centuries of Christianity, Christian or Christianity did not go into the world apologizing. It's interesting. In the early days of Christianity, Christians did not go into the world apologizing. Then he says, it went to slay the powers of darkness and undo the works of the devil, and it lived in holy triumph, talking about the church. And then he says this, another quote of John G. Lake. He said, when I saw the first time by the word of God that sickness was not the will of God, everything in my nature rose up to defeat the will of the devil. And you know, that's, there's like, you can get on fire for different things. You can be on fire about things outside Christianity and just that's your passion. But then you can get on fire about Christianity and then you can get on fire about healing that you want to see people healed. And that's what John G. Lake did. So tonight I want to speak on this. I want to speak on, on healing by the glory of God that's in us. I was listening, there, there's like a, a YouTube channel. It's, I don't know if it's called the International Association of Healing Ministries. It's worldwide. And so I found their YouTube channel because one of my, I was like Googling one of my friends and then I saw that he was on there. So I, I, I listened. It's interesting that a few of them said the same thing on the particular video that I watched. And they said back in the day, and you probably, if you've been in Christianity for a while, how many here have heard of the book God's Generals? You've heard that book. Interesting that some very established ministries today said back in the day, God's generals, there was all the attention on them and everyone flocked to them. But these, these guys said this, it's different today. It's not about the generals. It's about the body of Christ. And the generals that are here today, their desire is to get it in the church, everyone, so they go out and do it. We're in a different time right now. So some people from the old time, they're waiting for somebody to rise up and really most of the, even what we would say today's generals are thinking, it's not going to be like before. You're waiting for somebody big to rise up and you need to go do it. So everyone sitting here, you can do this. Everyone watching online, you can do it. You can become pro proficient with healing ministry. Okay. <clears throat> So John G. Lake, you know, he was very aware of what flowed out of him. And so when you think about the glory of God on the inside of us, we could say the presence, the glory in the anointing. We could see it two different ways. One way is the glory in us. We can receive healing because the glory and the presence of God is in us. But then as a minister, we can go out and we can let that come out of us that same glory that's on the inside. And, and John G. Lake was strong in this area that he just really believed in the divine healing power that was in him, the glory of God that would flow out through his hands. And a lot of his ministry had to do with that. So we're gonna just look at that and, and uh, look at some things in the scripture. So like in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, know you not that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you. Now that's simple Christianity, and I'm sure you heard that scripture many times, but if even just tonight we can just like really meditate on that. If you're a Christian, you are the temple of God. 
and the creator of the entire universe, they say there's even more than one universe. <laughs> he created everything. He created us. He is in us by his spirit. We're just not common. Now, it doesn't mean we get puffed up and walk around like, and act like we're better than anyone. But we're, if you're a Christian, you're not common. The creator of the universe is living on the inside of you. God's spirit. That's uncommon. Very uncommon. And I mean, and I could go off so many ways here, but people that know that and understand that, and then people that understand the word, what happens out there outside the church, what goes on the news and everything has a way different effect on us. It, it doesn't trouble us. We, we know what the Bible says. We have answers. When we hear something being said, we think, well, that, the scripture says this, this, and that. But I, I won't go there for time's sake. Second Corinthians, it's, this is in, in the book of Corinthians more than one time. Chapter 2 Corinthians, we looked at first, chapter 6, verse 16. And the second part, it says, for you are the temple of the living God. I like that. It adds a little bit to it. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's not common. The living God, the one and only God, dwelling on the inside of us. Wow. Then look, and then Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 21... It says, in whom all the building, this is talking about the church, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord. This is the, the church corporate, global church. This is the church local. And this is even us individually. Then he says, in whom also you are built together and look at this, and, and uh, we don't have it on the screen tonight, but I'll, I'll make sure I emphasize it. You are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So even that, that doesn't really lend itself to the general mentality. This is talking about the whole church, the global church, the corporate church, the local church, people, more plural that we're built together and we're all built together for a habitation of God through the spirit. So even right now, just because we assemble together, he's in all of us, but it's also that he comes on us. We are a habitation of God, the living God through the spirit. So a temple is a house of worship. A temple is a place where the presence of God dwells, okay? So like Exodus chapter 29 and verse 43, Exodus 29, 43, it says, and there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Now that was a, you know, not a human body. That was in the Old Testament and the tabernacle was like a building, like it was a structure. But he's saying about that in the Old Testament, he said, 
the tabernacle, the temple, is going to be sanctified by my glory. Now, he's in us. We're sanctified by his glory. That's a whole other thing. But I, I like that 1 Corinthians 1.30 where it says Jesus is our what? Sanctification, redemption, righteousness, and wisdom. And so it's like the church, we're unusual because he sanctifies us, no charge. He makes us holy by his glory. Then he says, work out your own salvation. Go out and live that. So we're sanctified and given grace and power to be sanctified. And I, I won't get into that. It's like there's such a easy teaching in here tonight. It's just like real easy. So I got to watch out. I don't get off. But it's nice. Okay. So in the Old Testament, what did God think about a natural home? A natural home. A house. We're the house of God. We're the temple of God concerning sickness. So like in Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 35, it says, and he who owns the house comes and tells the priest saying, it seems to me that there is some plague in the house. This is a natural house in the old covenant before God can move on the inside of people. Verse 36, then the priest shall come that they empty the house before the priest goes into it and examine the plague. So the priest is going to come. They're going to empty all the furniture out and whatever, and then he's going to examine it to see if it has a plague. That the house, that, I'm sorry, that all that is in the house may not be made unclean. So I guess get the furniture out stuff so that doesn't become unclean too. And afterward, the priest shall go in to examine the house. So all of this, I have like a number of verses here, but I'm not going to read them all, but I want to just move down to um, uh, verse 41. And so this is like what happens if the house has a plague. He shall cause the house to be scraped inside, like scrape it all around, and the dust that they scrape off shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones, and he shall take other mortar and plaster the house. Now, if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he has taken away the stones, after he has scraped the house, and after it is plastered, then the priest shall come and look. And indeed, if the plague has spread in the house, it is an act of leprosy in the house. It is unclean. And he shall break down the house its stones, its timber, and all the plaster of the house, and he shall carry them outside the city to an unclean place. So this is the old covenant, and this is like what God is saying about a house that is sick. So let's move back into our covenant. We are the house of God. If God's attitude in the Old Testament about a natural house was I want to rid this house of sickness. That was God wanted to get the sickness out of that house. So God hasn't changed. We know it says, I am the Lord and I change not. We know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So I see it this way. God desires to rid us of sickness and disease. That's his desire, to rid us of that. And, and, that's, and that is like even... Uh, he was chastised for our peace. So that crown of thorns, uh, that, means, uh, all er that means mental and physical, emotional. He carried all of that. He wants to rid us of those things. But here's the thing. 
He doesn't want to tear us down like he tore that natural house down. You know why? Because he sent his son and his son was beaten and torn for us. And he took our sickness. So we aren't, he doesn't beat and tear us. He did it to his son. And Jesus took the sickness for us. He was torn and broken for us. And that's why it says by his stripes. And when he took those stripes, it tore his skin. He was bruised, beaten. So we could be healed. So, so he lives in these, all of us. He lives in these houses today in the new covenant. We call them bodies. Sometimes you say flesh. Sometimes you say physical body, but he lives in us now. So, it's, it, you know, my father, um, before he was saved, he had a drinking problem, you know, and uh, I sometimes was entertained when he was drunk. At my brother Jim's wedding, he's my oldest brother. No, I'm sorry, that was my brother Mike's wedding. My brother Mike, uh, he was married. And my next door neighbor, his name is Bill Nastassi, another Italian, got Caminetti and Nastassi. And they, they were just drinking. So my neighbor, he wanted to come up and request a song. And I just happened to be in the singing group that was, I was playing bass guitar for my brother Mike's wedding. We, we had a wedding, a, a group that did wedding songs back when I, when I was young. Bill Nastassi came up and said this, and he was going to say something, and he just fell over. Now, we had a saxophone player in our group, and the microphone was right here. He just came right down and hit the microphone with his face, and, went, and he just fell on the ground, and he was gone. That, that's who my father hung around before. That was his crowd before he got saved. <laughs> So he went to the doctor. We just became Christians. We were baby Christians. My father went to the doctor, and the doctor says, Mr. Caminetti, you have cirrhosis of the liver in its early stages. It's not good. And so then my father, he, he, we were born-again Christians. He was like thinking we were in a cult, just like I, I want to say my brother because I thought he was in a cult. Now, my father, we all left the church, and we went to a Pentecostal church the church we grew up in. And my father, he actually went by himself and sat on the front row like we always did, all by himself. We, we grew up in the Catholic church and we were all in a Pentecostal church. So he decided the next week to come and um, see what we were doing. So he came, then he came back the next week. And he came back the third week, which happened to be Easter Sunday. And when the altar call was given, he just didn't raise one hand, he raised both hands. And he came up, and he, he was a hard man. So everyone, in, it was a smaller church. They all knew it was my father. And my father came up to get saved. And, and a lot of Italians, like ethnic people, our church was really high popular. You know, Italians, Greeks, ethnic people, emotional. They were just like crying. Mr. Caminetti got saved. And then they all came up, and they got around him, and they're hugging him. And he's just standing there like this. I love you, Mr. Caminetti. He... He eventually changed and he could say, I love you. It took a few years to get softened up. But here's, I said all that to say this. I, I added a lot of stuff to it just for your entertainment, I guess. But <laughs> he went back to the doctor after he got saved. And the doctor goes, Mr. Caminetti, I don't know what this, I don't, I don't understand this, but your liver's perfect. Your, your liver, it's fine. So he didn't know about healing 
uh, he just came up and got saved on a Sunday. He went back to get another checkup on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and the doctor says, your liver's completely whole. He lived till he was 89 years old, and he was about 50 back then, so he lived another 39 years after that. Um, So when I think about that, I think the presence of God, when he received Jesus as Lord, the presence of God went on the inside of him, and it healed his liver. Because we have the healer on the inside of us. He lives, Christ in us by the Holy Spirit lives in us, and he's the healer, and he's in us by his spirit. We have healing on the inside of us. And so that's what I'm wanting to look into tonight. So Matthew 21, another scripture in verse 12, it says, and Jesus went into the temple and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. And here's what we want to see. Matthew 21, verse 14, it says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. So it's interesting here in these scriptures, Jesus cleanses the temple. In other words, he threw out the money changers. He cleansed the temple, but then he healed the sick. What, what did he do for us? Our temple, he cleanses us and he heals us. Those two things. Uh, so when we think about him on the inside, uh, And I I just want to remind us again, this scripture is even a good time to repeat it. Exodus 29, 43. And there I will meet with the children of Israel and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. When the glory of God, when the spirit of God got on the inside of my father, it healed him. Jesus went into the temple. He cleansed it and he healed in the temple. He's living in our temples right now. So because Jesus died for us, we can now be born again. Okay, because he died for us. Then those that choose him and they receive him, they become temples of the Holy Spirit. And God desires to heal our temples. He cleanses us and he heals us. So we actually have the power living on the inside of us that heals all of us. So look at this. I just want to look at some more scriptures. Ephesians 1.13, it says, In him you Gentiles also, after listening to the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, having believed in him, were sealed with the spirit of promise. So I just said, if you receive Jesus Christ, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. This says you're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I like, you know, some of the scriptures, if you become a Christian, uh, Jesus said when he walked on the earth, nobody can pluck you out of my hand. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. We're secure. And then verse number 14, it says, that spirit being a pledge and foretaste of our inheritance in anticipation of its full redemption, the inheritance which he has purchased to be specifically, or specially, sorry, his for the extolling of his glory. Now that's a little bit big, big words there, but we'll explain them. So basically these two scriptures, what it's saying, when we heard and when we believed 
and then we confessed. We were then sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Then the next verse, it says, it is the foretaste of our inheritance. Now, now one translation says it's the first part. When you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, it's the first part of our inheritance. It's another way to say it. You have the first part, you get the Holy Spirit. And, and then as it goes on there, it talks about the inheritance which he has perfect, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in anticipation of his full redemption. So we have the first part, we're sealed by the Spirit, we, it starts there, but then it's an, in anticipation for the full redemption. What does that mean? It means when we get our glorified bodies. So what that's saying is when you become a Christian, you have the first, you have the Holy Spirit here and you're redeemed from sin. We're redeemed from sickness, but that's just the first part. We're all going to get a new body coming up. That's basically what that's saying. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about the first part, the Holy Spirit and the benefits now, because that's what we have now. We're all going to get our new bodies. If you have family up in heaven, they already have their new bodies up there. And we're just here. They're probably looking down at us saying, they're so limited with those flesh and blood bodies. Feel bad for us. So the benefits, let's talk about that first part and the benefits of having him in us now. We could say now benefits. So Romans 8 and verse 22 it says, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Not only that, but we also have, and here it is again, it says it twice, the first fruits of the Spirit. It's in Ephesians and it's in Romans. It says we have the first fruits of the Spirit. And even we ourselves groan, eagerly waiting for the adoption the redemption of our body. So there again, we hear the same thing, Ephesians and Romans, that when you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. It's the first part, but we're all waiting for our full redemption. But we want to focus on that first part. So we let's say it again, our spirits are redeemed when we become a Christian. Our souls are being redeemed. That's called mind renewal. So our spirits are immediately made clean, and just so you know, if you're a Christian, the devil can't get into your spirit. You can't be possessed by a devil in your spirit if you're a Christian because the Lord cleanses it and it becomes brand new and the devil can't touch your spirit. But the devil can mess with the mind. So if you see a Christian and it's, they seem possessed, it's because the devil got their mind. But that's why we have our spirits are redeemed, our souls are being redeemed. So when a Christian renews their mind, there's much, there's a less likely chance they'll ever have a devil messing with their mind when they know the word. And then number three, our bodies are waiting for complete redemption. That's basically what we've just saw in those two portions of scripture, Ephesians and Romans. Our spirits are redeemed. We can renew our minds, but then our bodies are going to be redeemed. So all that said, this does not mean we are waiting for healing now. We're not waiting for healing now. So what we just read is not saying that. We can have healing now. Healing has been bought. It has been paid for. It's ours for the taking now. 
So the full redemption of our bodies, that means glorification. We're going to have a glorified body, but we can enjoy the first fruits. That's what we're, the first fruits, that's what we can enjoy right now. That's our inheritance now. The first fruits of the spirit on the inside of us, that means when we receive the spirit of God, we receive all the benefits of the spirit and healing is one of those, okay? So the benefit of the first fruits of the spirit, everything except for redemption of our body is ours now. And I'll say that one more time. So the only thing we're waiting on is the redemption of our body. But right now, everything else that Jesus bought and paid for, it's available now. It's for us now. It's ours for the taking. And see, I know, I know there's enemies, unfortunately, in the church world, there's enemies of divine healing. And they look for somebody that got prayed for and didn't get healed, and then they make it really big. I don't know why they do that if they're a Christian. I mean, you know, my thought is like, I want to see people healed. And if you pray and there isn't results, keep, keep at it. Don't give up. But, you know, those enemies, they're in the body of Christ, and we're going to spend eternity with them. And I, I choose to love them. I choose to forgive them. But I'm the opposite. If there's an exact opposite of the enemies of divine healing, that's me. I'm like 150%, 200%. I'm 500% for divine healing. It belongs to us. And so we'll keep teaching the word. So let's look at a few more scriptures. So the benefits, as I said, of the first fruits of the spirit, it's everything that's been bought and paid for. The only thing a Christian is waiting on is the redemption of their body. So we just have a job to do while we're on the earth. And while we're doing the job, the Lord desires for us to be strong and healthy and whole so we can serve him. And he wants to meet all of our needs. It's real simple. So Romans chapter six and verse four, this is where it's, I trust it comes together as we look at these two scriptures. It says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into the death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. You know, and I've heard some teachers that I respect out there years ago, and uh, they taught on various Greek words that, that can be power and authority. And there's a particular verse, I didn't prepare for this tonight and don't have time, but there is a particular verse in the book of Ephesians, and it talks about how he was raised from the dead. And there just happens to be in that particular verse, five Greek words that say power and authority. And that was concerning him being raised from the dead. So these ministers that I respect, they said, it seems as though the greatest outpouring of power, maybe since creation, was when God, or maybe more, you think more, my wife thinks even more. The greatest outpouring of power was when the glory of God went into hell, quickened Jesus and made him alive and raised him from the dead. Think about that. What, a, what an outpouring of power. So here it says that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. 
So he was right. But here's, here, here it is. It's coming right now. Get ready for this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, think about it. If that was the greatest outpouring of power ever that raised Christ from the dead, it says if the spirit, that same, one translation says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, that means fleshly body, through his spirit who dwells in you. That brings it together. The first fruits in us, everything that he did belongs to us now. The same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in us. The glory of God dwells on the inside of us. The same, the same glory. So if, if you know how much power it took to raise Jesus from the dead, that same glory dwells on the inside of us. So the lady with the issue of blood, remember that story? And I've taught on it some, as I used to be a traveling ministry minister and I did healing a lot. I taught that and taught that, the lady with the issue of blood, so many times. And so the lady with the issue of blood, she said, if I can touch him, if I could just touch him, I shall be made whole. She was really confident if she could get to him and touch him, that there was plenty of power to heal her. So think about this. And she got to him and touched him, and she was healed. Now, Jesus told her, your faith made you whole, but we know that he also said, power, who touched me? Power went out of me. Her faith put a demand on the power that was on him, and when she touched him, power left him and went into her. That's what you call expectancy, that we have an expectancy to be healed. She touched him with faith and expectancy, and there was a multitude of people around, but it wasn't until she touched him that he turned and said, who touched me, power went out. Because she was expecting that. She was believing if she could touch him, power would come out of him. And that power came out of him and went into her, and she was healed of something that she was sick. Was it 12 years? Okay, so think about this now. We have Christ in us by the Holy Spirit. The glory of God that raised Christ from the dead, his presence, his powers on the inside. We have that same thing on the inside of us. But here's the thing. What kind of expectancy do we have? Are we putting any kind of a demand on it? And see, this kingdom that we're in, it's, it's a heart and mouth thing. I came into the kingdom when I believed with my heart and I confessed with my mouth. We move forward in this kingdom with our heart and our mouth. When I say that, it's like you, revelation knowledge happens. And when I say heart, I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about our spirit, the spirit man. When we have a revelation and understanding in our spirit, as soon as we have that, if we believe it and we say it, it, it really makes a difference. Uh, another one of my friends, uh, he did a message years ago. And, and uh, you know, this kind of troubles certain people, depending on what they believe. But he said, your destiny is in your mouth. Your destiny is in your mouth. Now, that's bold, but... It's true. You know, whatever people believe about themselves and say, they end up having that. So before I knew the Lord, I had a very, very low self-image. And all I ever said is, I'm worthless, I'm an idiot. And, you know, that's exactly how I acted. 
But then I found him. And then I started to find out who I was. And then I began to say things like, I can do all things through Christ. You know, when the Lord got me going, it was like these doors open and, and people asked me to speak in churches. Man, I was like really not a speaker. You know, I just told this story to somebody recently. We were traveling and it was way back years ago when Rama was really new and there was all these new Rama churches popping up and they had 20 and 30 people. So I would, every so often, the manager of our singing group, we took turns and we shared. And so, you know, I, we, we did that and I was okay in front of 20 or 30 people. Well, we ended up in Texas. Everything's big in Texas. There's very, some good jokes about that. You hear about the man that fell in the swimming pool and says, don't flush it. No, uh, but um, just a Texas joke. So we, we end up at this church. He graduated from the same Bible school, but he has two or 300 people in the church and the manager of the singing group on the way in the bus said, I want you to speak tomorrow morning on Sunday morning. We would do like Sunday night, Tuesday night. We did services every night except for Monday night and Saturday night. It was, that's, that's what it was like on the road. Um, so I said, okay. And then we go in to start setting up and, and we go in the building and it's big. And I'm looking at all the chairs. And then I, I went up to the manager. His name was Dan. I said, Dan, how many people are in this church? He said, couple, two, 300. I said, I can't speak. You're going to have to ask some. And I told him two. I said, there's, you know, these two guys and they're looking for a big audience. Give it to them. He goes, I'm the boss. I told you to speak and you're going to do it. So my stomach was like, Whoosh. so we, we were staying in host homes. They put two of us in homes together. So me and the guy went, the late, you know, and they just do special cooking for you. And I, I sat at the table and my stomach's in knots and I couldn't eat. So then I go in my room and I, I'm like studying and all this. Stuff. And so the next morning, to make, even the next morning, I tried to get out of it. So we're like doing a song. I was the bass player and, and Dan was a singer. We had like six singers up front. We, you know, we have four brass. We had a pretty big band. And so I'm like this with my bass guitar. And then I was good enough to keep playing with this hand so I could go like this. And Dan turned, I said, I can't preach. And he goes, you're going to preach like <laughs> while he's singing. I mean, I tried to get out of the very last minute. I tried. So I got up. And I, I thought I had a half hour of material, but, or maybe more, but in 15 minutes, I was done. In the 15 minutes, I, I actually told the congregation, I said, you think, you think it's easy to preach? You ought to try it. I, I, I actually said, and then I said, well, God used the donkey and he can use me. I mean, that was part of the 15 minutes. That's how it was going. The amazing thing is that people got saved that day and healed. And then, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, see, you think it's all you. And it was like a little lesson. He said, it ain't, it's not you, it's me. He said, I can take the words you say and do something with them. So that's a whole nother story. But I'm, I'm saying all that to say, why did I say all of that? <laughs> I don't even know why I said that, but there was a point that I wanted to make about him. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I don't know what the point was. <laughs> but it had something to do with something. <laughs> that's it. You got, thank you, Adriana. Thank you. See, because that's it. She, she helped me remember why I told that. See, we, 
And so we went back out to the bus after we, we had to tear down. We had another church to go to Sunday night, you know. So we tore down and we're, and, and I knew, you know, musicians are this way. Most of them are like, you know, Pastor Hagen called the musicians uh, various names like um, prima donnas and things like that. And so I knew when I walked in the bus, I was going to take some grief for the message I just did. So I thought, I'll beat him to it. So I, I walked in the bus and I said, that stunk. I, I'm terrible. And I just like destroyed myself before they could do it. And they all agreed with me. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I got a revelation months down the road. And I got this revelation about what I believe about myself and say makes a difference. So I started to, to change what I believed about me. And it was a faith thing. And I started to say that I can teach, which is explain. I can preach, which is proclaim. And I can heal. That's what Jesus did. He went about teaching. And I started to say that. I started to say I can do all things through Christ. And, you know, it just a, just like without even noticing it, I was able to get up and start being able to teach and do that kind of thing because I changed what I believed. So my, my point is like your destiny is in your mouth. That's where I was going. But it also concerning healing, your, your healing is in our hearts and in our mouth. So if we have an understanding that the same glory that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, if we have that understanding and we talk it, in other words, we do something with it. So how do you do that? I'm going to just do a little thing, and then Herman has had healing happen in him based on this, and I'm going to have him say what he We want to demonstrate what we did or what we do. So I simply say, it's really simple. I say, Father, I thank you that your spirit is on the inside of me. The same spirit that raised your son Jesus from the dead dwells in me. It's your glory. Father, I thank you for the power that's on the inside of me. Father, I thank you. I have healing on the inside of me. So, Father, I thank you that that your presence and your healing on the inside of me, it is going all over me on the inside. I am saturated with your healing power, and I thank you that my body is recovering. And then and I say, I call my immune system strong, I, and I, I start calling various things strong, but I'm just believing that that power on the inside of me, I, I have an understanding that the same spirit, the glory of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and it quickens my mortal body. Praise the Lord. Come and tell your, uh, uh, like, uh, just demonstrate how you got the revelation. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I, I was on um, medication for a very bad ailment for almost 13 years. And I had been miraculously healed, seen others healed. Uh, and had received partial healing. I had actually a very bad thyroid disease and it was very debilitating. Sometimes I'd be good, sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes not so good and that went on for a very long time. I was actually misdiagnosed for a long time concerning that also, I sense to add tonight for somebody. But uh, through the process, I was sitting on my bed one night in, sorry, one morning in um, the month of August 2018. And I was meditating in that scripture from Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 concerning the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. And I've been seeding that word into me and, and pursuing God for a full manifestation of healing. And so that lit up on the inside of me. And I said, that's it. 
It became a rhema word to me. Clear revelation. That same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead is in me and everything that's in him is healing, deliverance and everything I need. And it was like a light. This light went on inside of my spirit. It lit up inside me. I saw that power of God. I felt nothing, but I had the revelation in my spirit. It became revelation and I saw it moving through my body from my spirit within me and into that affected part of my physical body, permeating that, flowing through it, and I walked away from that disease forever. It just, I went off all medications. Doctors said I shouldn't. Bless them. But I did. I just went right off of it. No more blood tests. I still got that many. I had that many uh, blood tests. I can show you the marks, almost like track marks on my, my arm here from where I had blood test after blood test after blood test. So I was, and then I got this confession. It just rose up within me. That spirit of healing is in me. That miracle is within me. The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, that power, that same God, he is in me. That life is in me. I said, thyroid gland, you're alive. You're alive by the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Doctors said you're dead, thyroid gland, but you're not dead anymore. You're alive by that spirit. And if that spirit rose Jesus so immensely from the dead, quickened him, you're quickened now. You're alive now, thyroid gland. I command you to activate and produce perfect thyroxins and activate them according to my physical need. And that became my confession every day. It still is. I have received my healing and I maintain it. And that's just how it is. Yeah, I went right on. I just kept walking. I just kept on walking and walking and walking out of that and into that complete miracle and physical manifestation and it didn't take long. I believe I received my miracle right then when I got that, that light switched on on the inside of me from Romans 8 and 11. Yeah, and it became more and more manifest in me as I went. Yeah, never been back on medication. I won't be. That happened in August 2018. I'd been on that medication for almost 13 years. Yeah, four years. Yeah, glory to God. Uh, yeah, well, I actually thought about you doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, this this uh, method of healing or this uh, wonderful way of healing, I've also experienced, and um, I've seen it working like explosive light on the inside. And um, actually, do you know that song, If the Same Spirit That Raised Christ From the Dead Dwells in You? Little, little, it's kind of a little ditty song. Yeah, 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 that one. It's probably in C or something like that. And we'll sing that song, just a, a, a jiffy. And, um, but one of the best ways that I, or one of the main ways that I have uh, activated Romans 8.11 is singing it. And so um, Herman spoke it, and Tony spoke it, and I have sung it. And sometimes uh, walking around in my in my home and laying hands on on the affected part. But I've had I'd have growths disappear. I've had 
all kinds of different sicknesses just disappear at just, you know, kind of regular ones like fluish or coldish, coldish or something like that has have disappeared. And I've just sung them away with this song. And, um, but used um, uh, just uh, my hands on my own body to identify what part of my body that life is going into, just believing it. And when your faith is activated, that's what, that's what gives action to the power, is our faith. So, yeah. Hmm? I'm going to have her, fin uh, we'll, we'll end tonight with this song, but I, I'm getting a word by the Spirit that I'd like to give before we sing, and then that, I'll just give it to her after. But um, the Holy Ghost is saying this, that these things are of the spirit, not of the mind. And so I believe the spirit of God wants to talk to some people here and online. There are things that you don't understand because you try to understand them with your mind. And so you have many questions, says the spirit of the Lord. But if you'll continue to seek me and stay in my word, these things will become clear in your spirit for it's by the spirit that you have revelation knowledge not by your understanding in your mind and so revelation knowledge in your spirit will help you to understand and answer your questions so do not turn your back on anything but keep looking to me and stay in my word and these things will become clear to you that is good. Amen. That's good. So our beliefs are getting stronger and clearer, and our doubts are getting fuzzier all along. Amen. Let's see. Yeah. Do you guys know this song? It's old as, but I'm telling you, it's a healing song for me. It goes, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you that's what the bible says if the same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells in you dwells in you he will quicken your mortal body if the spirit dwells in you oh he will quicken your mortal body if the spirit dwells in you and then i answer it this way yes the same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells in me he dwells in me oh yes the same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells in me he dwells in me and he quickens my mortal body by the spirit that dwells in me oh yes he quickens my mortal body by the spirit that dwells in me so you can either say it you can sing it you can declare it you can dance it but don't just let it just sit there get it out speak it declare it verbalize it and believe it 
and it activates it. Let's stand up, and this time let's sing it. And if there's something you need to lay hands on, then do. Amen. Let's direct that power. It is quickening. Oh, yes, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He dwells in me. He dwells in me. Oh, yes, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. He dwells in me. And he quickens. Yes, he quickens my mortal body that makes alive. For the Spirit dwells in me. Oh, yes, he quickens my mortal body. By the Spirit that dwells in me. Amen. 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 Uh, I walk every morning. And uh, I walk early enough to, so that it doesn't bug anyone if I sing. <laughs> and I do sing. And this, this little man was walking his, his dog uh, one day, one morning. I think it was getting close to 6 o'clock. He goes, oh, you're the lady that sings. <laughs> I said, yes. And this is one of the songs I sing. And uh, sometimes I, I do that for my own body, maintenance, maintenance for your own body. But... Um, uh, I also, if there's somebody that I know and the Lord's put on my heart, they're living other parts of the world, I'll lay hands on. I've done this for my, for my mom and my own dad. My daddy's going on to 89 and my mom will be 87 this, this year. But you're never too old to have quickening power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And I'll lay hands on myself. I'll say, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in my mom and my dad, and it's quickening them. Amen. Hey, let's just lift up our hands and let's thank God for this kind of healing. Lord, oh, what a healer you are. Oh, we love all the ways that you heal. We thank you for Romans, the 8th chapter and the 11th verse. We're thanking you for resurrection power living on the inside of all of us and quickening our mortal bodies. We release that power, amen, by believing it and speaking it in Jesus' name. Woo, amen. Praise God. Hey, jump into this week. Let's do this. Let's tune these bodies up, can we? Amen. God bless you. Have a good night. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au. 